Metal Faithful, it is I, your mandated reporter, and frankly, I'm mortified, Mr. Mark Radledge, and this is the Metal Hammer of Doom. Tonight, we are reviewing Senjutsu by Iron Maiden, which was released on September 3rd, 2021. This is the band's first studio album in nearly six years, following The Book of Souls, which came out in 2015, and it marks the longest gap between two studio Iron Maiden albums. This is also their second double album and their first studio album since Power Slave in 1994 to have no songwriting contributions from guitarist Dave Murray in any way, as well as the first since Virtual Eleven in 1998 to feature multiple songs written by bassist Steve Harris. And I am joined by none other than the original co-host... Of the Metal Hammer of Doom, Robert Cooper, the Metal Coop. How do you do, sir? Uh, I do about as well as an Iron Maiden concert currently. I'm uh, quite <laughs> entertaining. Uh, I have lots of props. And uh, fortunately, nobody's staring at my dick. Like, Because uh, when I saw Iron Maiden live, I was like, ah, oh, Bruce Dickinson's wiener. There it is. Was it just like all Whoa. the way out, just kind of on, like out of his pants, or was it more no, of a like a David Bowie labyrinth pants. kind of a thing where it's just like, oh my, that's a large roundup sausage you've got in your pants, sir, and those are tight, tight pants. Which one was uh, it? Uh, essentially? Yes, it was that. Okay. And Bruce Dickinson was growing his hair back out, and it was kind of mm-hmm. weird. You know, okay. kind of like uh, did he have like an AJ know. Styles mom soccer mom cut? Uh, it was kind of like that halfway point between the two. Okay. Yeah, it's one of those, it's kind of weird sometimes. It's like with Chris Jericho, you know, growing his hair back out. It's almost Mm -hmm. weird seeing him now because you're so used to seeing him without it. Sure. We are also joined by my longtime friend and a man who I owe so much to. Ladies and gentlemen, good to his mother. He's really the man behind the whole Rattledge and Broadcasting Network operation. He's such a great guy. He's so nice. He's really, I couldn't do this without him. Ladies and gentlemen, you should love him as much as I do even more. It's the most wonderful, the most essential, the absolutely fantastic Jesse Starcher. How do you do, sir? Stay tuned, lazy ladies and gentlemen, for the fantastic roundtable we will be having <laughs> discussing Venom Part Two. And yes. that right there is why I am being filleted right here <laughs> on the podcast. You know, this reminds me of a great Shaquille O'Neal rap. Uh, hey, Kobe, tell me how my ass tastes. <laughs> 
well, that comes that that comes later. Jesse, I made you uh-huh. now. Um, in our continuing saga, you know this is the Metal Hammer of Doom. It's it's like a, it's like your favorite television show. It's episodic. You never know what twists and turns are going to come about. And you dropped a bomb. Okay, you dropped a bomb on us at the end of last week's uh, show where we reviewed the new D. Steiner album, for those who haven't heard it. Jesse, I told you we were going to be reviewing the new Iron Maiden album, and you went, what's an Iron Maiden? And I went, <laughs> bogus! And you said, I still don't know what you're talking about, stop doing Bill and Ted references. And I said, okay. And for, for real, though, um, I'll let you uh, jump in here. You had never heard much Iron Maiden before, correct? No, I had never sat down and made a faithful effort to go through their discography and uh the hits i could tell you okay yeah i know what iron maiden sounds like i know i've heard the trooper over and Mm -hmm. over i've heard uh run to the hills plenty of times sure but getting into some of those things that are a little deeper Mm -hmm. it, it i just never i never took the time to do it uh so yeah, last week I told everybody that this will be the first time that I had ever listened to a full album from Iron Maiden. And, uh, yeah, very interesting. You made me a playlist, Mark Rattler. That's what I want to talk about real quick. Before we get into Sanjitsu, um, here's the playlist that I made for Jesse. It's 22 songs. I'm going to try to read through these as fast as possible here. It's The Trooper, Run to the Hills, Fear of the Dark, The Number of the Beast, Wasted Years, Hallowed Be Thy Name, Two Minutes to Midnight, Stratego, Where Eagles Dare, Die With Your Boots On, Children of the Damned, Aces High, Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner, which I listened to in English class. That's, that's the kind of school I went to. Uh, be Quick or Be Dead, Killers, pa- Prowler, Running Free, Phantom of the Opera, Bring Your Daughter to the Slaughter, Can I Play With Madness, Madness, Dance of Death, and Speed of Light from Book of Souls. Robert Cooper, did I miss anything? That is there an egregious miss here that I did not put on that list, or did I capture all the great Iron Maiden? Uh, the Sign of the Cross. It's a favorite. Okay. Uh, the Klansman. Did you say the Klansman? I don't think I did not. I don't know. The Klansman is one of my favorites, man. That one fucking rocks. Uh, some of the newer stuff. Uh, Passion is a really good one, especially the orchestral version. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you get any of the stuff from their first two albums? Like, um, uh, like I said, like, I... uh, like Run and Free, Wrathchild. Uh, let's see. I got a lot from Peace of Mind. Um, I've got, yeah, I got um, some stuff from Number of the Beast and Power Slave and Fear of the Dark and Killers. I am um, okay. self-titled. Um, okay, yeah, that'll do it. Okay. Well, Jesse, we need your report now. What did you think of your first Iron Maiden experience? Hey, 22 songs that I really had no issues with. I had a lot of good times listening to this album, or excuse me, this playlist. Probably, I don't know, I, I mean, they're known for the length of their songs. So this playlist, 22 songs, was two hours and three minutes, which that's actually surprising. I thought it would be like three. Um, but there was a lot of great stuff on here. And there was some stuff that I had heard before, but did not realize that Iron Maiden had done, specifically Hallowed Be Thy Name, which I uh, I had said that I had heard, oh my goodness, help me out, Mark, who was it that did the cover of that? And I was like, that's I thought it was original. Cradle of Filth? No, um, oh my goodness. Now I can't remember the name of the band. 
Uh, but answer, nope, it'll come back to me. Okay. Alan Moore's uh, um, V for Vendetta, Swamp Thing, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Met- Metaconia, <laughs> Metaconia. Anyway, Hallowed Be Thy Name was covered by uh, a, a band called. Here it is. No, it's not. Anyway. Um, oh, yeah. I was thinking. Uh, oh, Hallow Be Thy Name. That's that what name. you're trying to figure out? Um, yep. Yeah. Hallow Be Thy Name. Machine Head. Yes. Okay. Machine, yeah, Machine yeah, yeah. Head did, that, did a cover of that song. Oh, anyway, I've never heard that cover. Loved it. Loved that song. Thought it was theirs originally. Uh, so, yeah, that took me by surprise. But I still, of all the stuff that was on this playlist, that one, of course, stuck out to me because I love the story that's being told in that song. Um <laughs> The uh, Fear of the Dark, I remember telling you that that kind of stuck out to me as well, just because it, I was like, I ought to have my son listen to this, because he is, an, uh, he's just completely afraid of, like, just dimly lit spaces. Um, I, I'm serious, I will be sitting down here in the basement, and I, in the broad daylight, just because the hallway is barely dark, he will run full force, and I can hear him up there, just so he can get through the hallway. I'm like, Aww. dude, there's there's nothing to be scared of, but anyway. Poor baby. Uh, yeah. Uh, two minutes to midnight's iconic. I mean, I already talked about the Trooper Run of the Hills, uh, Number of the Beast. Those I've heard before uh, a lot. But yeah, those stuck out to me. And bring your daughter to the slaughter. That's fun. Yes, it is. <laughs> that's a fun one. That's a great. That's a great daddy daughter dance song. It's <laughs> uh, good stuff. But yeah, I was yeah. really impressed. Uh, you know, for a guy who hasn't ever really sat down and listened to these, uh, you know, ad nauseum, I really did enjoy what I heard. All right, well, let's jump into Senjutsu here. Um, for if you've never heard the podcast before, we play three songs at a time. Uh, so the first three here are going to be Senjutsu, Stratego, and the writing on the wall.
Oh, Robert Cooper, can you see that writing on the wall, baby? Every time I hear that, all I can think of is Jeff Hardy. <laughs> okay. Why? Because that was like his uh, theme song from like 2008 or nine up until when he finished up his first run. All right. Or I guess second run with WWE. Uh, I actually really fucking dug this album. Kind of a funny thing for me with this one, though. I think it's because the songs are so damn long and I've only listened to it a few times. Hard for me to kind of pick them out in some ways. In mm. terms of the order, not in terms of the sound, because there's a lot of diversity in it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they, I mean, they really offer kind of the gamut of sounds that they, you know, that they can really push out. They got the power metal vocals, but they have a lot of progressive metal in there, too. I think it helps that they have, uh, you know, three guitarists. Agreed. True. They, uh, so two, two out of the three songs that we heard there were actually the only two singles they released from the album. <coughs> we have Writing on the Wall which was released July 15th, and then uh, Stratego, which was released on August 19th, which was on your playlist that I made, Jesse. Uh, That's right. What did you think of these three songs, Senjutsu, Stratego, and The Writing on the Wall? So, Senjutsu, I, I did have to look that up today. I wanted to find out specifically what that meant. Uh, and it is derived from or translates to tactics and strategy. Uh, so it's, of course, apt that the second song on the album is called Stratego, which uh, is based off of, uh, he said it's funny because I was looking at the Apple music from uh, Apple music quotes from genius.com and he's like strategio is a game I've never played it <laughs> and I was like oh okay <laughs> uh, but, but anyway he talks about how it was a French board game that was also based off of a Japanese game uh, and uh, yeah I, I mean that all three of these songs are strong but I will tell you my absolute favorite off of this album is track three which is the writing on the wall uh, and I think that it was a smart move releasing that one as a single. Can you guys tell me, because you guys know more about it than I do, but it just, writing on the wall sounded so different compared to what I heard on the playlist you gave me. Uh, and I think it feels like the track that sticks out the most when you compare it to the rest of what's on this album. Is that something... That sound that they have, the writing on the wall, is that something that they've done before? Or, yeah. or is it, does that feel completely unique to you guys? Um, Kuba, I'll, I'll give you a chance to respond to this, but I, as far as I know, the stuff that I sent you is, is the most well-known, more the thrashy type Iron Maiden stuff. That's the stuff that everyone likes. But like every band, they mix up their, their, al their songs on their albums, and there's always like a ballad or a slower song or something that sounds like slightly acoustic. Um, and that's mm -hmm. an Iron Maiden thing, you know, for nearly all of their albums. But it's not the stuff that people love. Um, I mean, the writing on the wall, I think, you know, it's funny because we've talked about this with other bands too, especially here on the Metal Hammer of Doom, that as they get older, they get more mellow. And, you know, they don't want to play 100 miles an hour anymore. Um, yeah. And so I think for Iron Maiden, the writing on the wall is uh, sort of indicative of where they are as a band. I mean, they've been around for 100 years. Like... <laughs> You know, I'm sure they're not into doing yet another version of the Trooper or Number of the Beast. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, no kidding. So I think for them, and you know, and also, yeah, there's, there's certainly, especially if you go on TikTok uh, or in metal TikTok, you're going to find, you know, there, there's definitely people who like the hard and fast stuff. 
but I think they I think they also know their audience from way back when has grown with them and not necessarily you know they don't necessarily always want to hear the trooper either they're like okay I don't mind like a slower more powerful song and so I, I think you're right in that sense Jesse that the writing on the wall is um, you know it, it's kind of it, it's it's kind of for the older fans that don't necessarily need to hear them do the trooper 50 times in a row what do you think robert i mean i think you are right on top there and honestly a lot of their newer music has uh has been like that though their last few albums they tend to have a lot longer songs than they had previously yeah uh, and i i don't really feel like they need to necessarily have those songs like the trooper because I feel like musically, maybe they've kind of moved past that on a creative side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I remember they they were part of that like new wave of heavy metal when it was a race to go fast, you know, and they lost that race by a country mile to you know to like you know to the the big fours of thrash and then eventually Napalm Death and all of that. So I, so it's like you know this is like fifty years later and they've got no nothing to prove, nothing at all. Yeah, I mean, and and that's the thing. It's it's something that's very funny. I was reading one day that uh, some people feel that with metal, perhaps we're too uh, reverent to older bands to where they can really shit on a plate and we'll still be excited for it and not really care. Whereas you have some other genres that say, just, they're it's not, not just a, it. it's not just older bands. It's whatever the flavor of the moment is. People tend to. Uh, artificially elevate AEW. <clears throat> Sorry, I have. I'm still dealing with a cough. It's all <laughs> right. I, I am really enjoying AEW because it's just nice to believe in an American company for once. Uh, yes, but there is some artificial inflation of how great they are in fact doing. Not everything. Oh is yeah. Perfect. Oh, it's not. Like there's problems. Like their roster is actually far too fucking bloated. Well, they have 87 hours of television to fill. That That's the least of my issues with them. But hey, Iron Maiden, you know. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, half of that 87 hours is squashes. Sure. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Iron Maiden, yeah. Uh, you know, I really, but I do feel like with Iron Maiden, they're still releasing quality work, and they can just do whatever the fuck they want. They're Iron Maiden, and we're still going to love yeah. them. Yeah. For sure. <clears throat> I don't... Uh, I'm not going to take anything away from people who are reverent towards Iron Maiden. I think they've deserved it. I mean, you know, you and I did a retrospective. It'll be um, it'll be re-released eventually <laughs> of uh, Megadeth. And, and one of the things I remember talking about with you uh, and you me about about like a band like Megadeth is, boy, they had a stretch there in the middle where everything they put out was garbage. You know, <laughs> and Jesse and I have talked about Slayer, and I think you and I did a retrospective of Slayer as well. You know, where we said there was a stretch there of Slayer when they didn't put out garbage, but everything they put out was the same. There was like, you know, it just seemed like an excuse to tour. Um, Anthrax certainly has had their misses with both singers, both Joey Belladonna and... Um, <clears throat> John Bush. Jo- uh, what was his last name again? John Bush. John Bush. I, sorry, I couldn't remember. I'm old and decrepit, and I forget things, sir. Ha! I'm sorry. Yeah, There's... I'm screwed when I hit your age. Yeah, you really are. Um, I was I'm a... young and decrepit, and I can't remember anything. I was a healthy man once, and then I hit 40, and I went to pieces. Um, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, but I'll the... be 30 this year. <laughs> God, 15 years older than you. Oh, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> um, 
Uh, but what I was saying is, like, you know, a lot of our, a lot of the great bands, even like Metallica, you know, they had that stretch there where it was like load, reload, shoot me in the face, kick me in the balls, you know, all those albums where people were like, blech. Um, you know, yeah, I, I mean, I, I know I've told the story think before. This was legitimately awful for like. <laughs> 75% of your cl- of your pre-90s bands. I, I, I've told the story to Jesse. I don't remember if I ever told you. I probably have. But in case, if you, but if you've never heard the podcast before, this is new to you. I remember going to, like, you know, one of the many outdoor parties and barbecues that I went through throughout my life. And I got, um, I got cornered by some elitist metalhead. And he was like, you know, I think I was wearing a Metallica shirt. And he was like, what's your deal, man? Which is always a great way to enter a party, by the way. Wow. Um, he's like, he like points at my shirt and he's like, hey, 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 what's your deal? I'm like, I'm, 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 I'm here to party. I, <laughs> I'm drinking a beer. What, what do you want from me? He's like, we're in a Metallica shirt. I'm like, yes, that's to cover up my man boobs. Why do you ask, sir? And he said, <laughs> I don't think I was that witty at the time, but go with it. And he said. You like Metallica, huh? And I'm like, no, I just like to wear the shirt, fuckface. Uh, yes, I like Metallica. What's your point, asshole? <laughs> Name five songs. <laughs> kind of. That's where I'm going with this. He goes, pre-black album or post-black album. And I went, what if you sucked my dick first? And then I told you. Could we do that? <laughs> Could we do that? Um, and I ended up telling him, no, I liked Metallica all the way back to kill them all. Leave me alone, you metal elitist. Um... But all that to say, Iron Maiden, I don't think, has a bad album. You know, they're all 100-year history, Robert. I don't think they've ever had that, like, stretch, you know, that Slayer or Anthrax and uh, so many other bands have had. Megadeth. They did. Uh, the, you think so? I mean, the the Blaze Bailey stuff, as well as the few albums before, like Fear of the Dark and, uh, uh fuck, what was the other one? I don't fucking remember. Fear of the Dark. Like, going back to, like, the, Fear of the Dark, what was that, like, 89? I think it was 92. 92, okay. I think I'm looking it up. Uh, but, I mean, they they had some stinkers. Like, I actually am really fond of some of the Blaze Bailey stuff, but mm-hmm. it's only in pieces. Like, they've definitely got some – they've got some poo-poo in there. Let's see. <laughs> uh, no Prayer for the Dying in 90, Fear of the Dark in 92, X Factor okay. from 95, Virtual <laughs> XI from 98. Like, those albums all have bright spots. Like, they're not nearly mm-hmm. as shitty as Risk. Or uh, right. Diablos and Musica, or Stomp Four Four Two, or Reload, or Sane Anger. Actually, yeah. no. There's at least a few good songs on uh, Reload. Yeah, Sane I Anger. still maintain Sane Anger was the low point for Metallica. Oh yeah, I still maintain that Load and Reload are two good half albums. Like if you could have <laughs> cut the shit out of the other half, it would have yeah. been perfect. Yeah, for sure. I th- and I think that was like mo- most people's consensus on Metallica is that ro- Load and Reload really needed to be edited down to make one good one good album but hey jesse's just just sitting back and listening like okay nerds no, <laughs> i don't you know what the hell you're talking about <laughs> i'm enjoying i'm enjoying what i'm hearing uh jesse started out as a fan this is exactly what it used to be like for jesse oh yeah <laughs> I'm, uh, this through this is uh taking me back <laughs> all right speaking of take you back let's go back and listen to some more music we've got uh, lost in a lost world, days of future Eight. past, and <laughs> the time machine. Shut up, Robert. I'll <laughs> 
All right, so these songs are like 20 minutes long. So, like, I often have to cut them off before um, they get to, like, the really good parts. And I know people listening that that might be frustrating, but, you know, that's just the way it is with podcasts. You, you can't play the whole songs unless you license the music. And, you know, we're already running a guerrilla operation here. But um, I'll tell you, one of the things that help us run this guerrilla operation are our great sponsors. And, you know, Jesse knows what I'm talking about because he likes the notes. Don't you, Jesse? Oh, yeah. You love the notes. Absolutely, I love the notes. <clears throat> Jesse does a comic book podcast where he writes fathoms, leagues of notes, just pages and upon pages of notes. And Jesse, what do you use to write those notes? Well, every once in a while, I need a little bit of help just because, hey, I, I don't spell so good. And I need, not smell, spell, S-P-E-L-L. Mm -hmm. That's right. And the only, only reason I know how to spell spell is because I got Grammarly, Mark Radlich. That's right. If you are on Twitter and you're like, Adam Cole, baby, but it comes out Coke because autocorrect, like me. Oh, I saw that. Yeah, that was wonderful. <laughs> Adam Coke, baby. Nobody interacts with me on the internet ever. But if I fuck up and misspell something, they all come out of the woodwork. Hey, asshole. It's Cole, not Coke. Suck a dick. All right. Um, and if you want to tell somebody on the internet to suck a dick, you can use Grammarly. Grammarly's AI-powered products help people communicate more effectively. Grammarly helps you. One day, I'm, we're going to hear from Grammarly, like, your ad reads are not reflective of our product. And we would prefer <laughs> if one of your hosts would not tell people to use our product to tell others to go suck a dick. But today, it's not that day. <laughs> Grammarly, you helps. <laughs> Grammarly help you write. Does Grammarly mistake? also offer a thesaurus a uh, aspect? You yes, are absolutely, absolutely correct about that, sir. Grammarly helps you write mistake for you on Gmail, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and nearly everywhere else you write on the web, Robert Cooper. Grammarly corrects hundreds of grammar, punctuation, and spelling mistakes while also catching contextual errors, improving your vocabulary, and suggesting style improvements. Suppose you wanted to write a question for a trivia show, Jesse. Just suppose. Mm hmm. And in the and on the eighth page of this question that you're trying to write, you you mm -hmm. somehow lose track of what it is you're writing. Don't you? You know yep. what would you do? What would you do I, then, Jesse? Huh, well, you know, I would probably turn to Grammarly and say, "What could help me out to finish this question?" And I really hope it would be another eight paragraphs. <laughs> pages. 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 <laughs> Pagegraphs. Yes. Pagegraphs. Jesse, oh, I wish this was a video podcast right now. You have no <laughs> idea how many little fingers you're getting. No clue. Chris, Chris Bailey took care of that for you earlier. I got quite a few of them from, from him. <laughs> asking him Good. asking him questions like, in Canada, they have a circus, right? Like a polar bear or something. And it was <laughs> a, lot, a lot of fingers. Oh, no. Oh, no. Uh, I'm obnoxious. He's on the outskirts of Canada, too. Yeah, he, he's yeah, not he, like not like in the middle of the boonies or anything, but that boy's out there. Yeah, he's yeah, in like the he, Appalachia of Canada. That's what? <laughs> so if you're obnoxious like me, but you don't know quite know how to spell obnoxious, you should download Grammarly today by going to getgrammarly.com slash W2M network. Again, that's getgrammarly.com slash W2M Network to download Grammarly for free, and then you can sound like me, and you can go wee. Speaking Ooh. of wee, Robert Cooper, we listened to three songs. 
Uh, it was uh, Lost in a World, Days of Future Past, and The Time Machine. What'd you think? Uh, I thought The Time Machine had a nice bop to it. I thought it was a little, uh, a little different, a little different beat to it. I could dig it. It was fun. Uh, Days of Future Past, I was really hoping, was an X-Men reference, but I, just, I don't think so. Yeah, Unfortunately. I really felt like that was a loss on their part, but uh, hey, what do I know? <laughs> I agree. Uh, yeah, I mean, I but I do really feel that uh, each song was different in a way that differentiates it from other ones on the album. I th- I feel like even though these songs are like can be up to ten minutes long, like you're not gonna get them mixed up after uh, on multiple listens. What do you think, Jesse? I enjoyed them. Uh, of course, just like I think of the of the three, Days of Future Past stuck out to me the most. Um, there is a Moody Blues album called Days of Future Past that he references in his uh, Apple Notes, which is interesting. Uh, but it, Days, I don't know if you know much of the Moody Blues. I know I don't. But Past is spelled uh, P. My mom adores them. Really? I can tell you okay. everything you need to know. I took my dad to go see the Moody Blues when I lived on Long Island. Uh, days of Future Past is spelled P- uh, Days of uh, obviously Days of Future is the same, but Past is spelled P A S S E D. So, but anyway, that's mentioned in the Apple Notes uh, when I was reading through there. But yeah, I I really enjoyed that one. I mean, these are are three songs that they're. I mean, to me, they just feel like they belong on the album. This is what uh, this is kind of what I was expecting. Uh, from Iron Maiden just just by listening to okay let me put it this way it's kind of like what I was listening to on the playlist but this feels this feels more laid back and we kind of already discussed that about how like well they don't have to do this they don't have to keep up the pace uh, from what they have done before this album feels a little bit less of a, a less of a Less of a tempo, I guess I would say, um, or yellow Ford, but uh, n- nobody gets the Ford tempo. <laughs> anyway, oh, no, that one you missed me on that one. All right, sorry. That was my first ever car. Was a Ford tempo. <laughs> anyway. I've never even heard of that. When did they make it? <coughs> was Ford it tempo? Was Dude, it a yellow Ford tempo? That was not a yellow Ford tempo. Um, <laughs> it was the most common car ever when I owned it. I'll tell you that much. I see. I, I swear I saw one. All the time, you but know, anyway, you know it's funny. My dad is six four and used to drive a Chevette. Oh, that's wonderful. His head that, was on, his head was scraping the roof the entire time. I owned a Chevette at one point. I had two. Uh, no, I had a ten inch speaker in the back of this in the hatchback. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, like yeah. I remember one of the fondest moments of eighth grade was for some reason in the fucking one of the English questions. It had a Chevette, and everybody's like, "You mean a Corvette?" And the teacher's like, "No, it's not that." And I just sat there cackling, me like, ha, 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 "My dad used to drive one of those, uh, the old fucking Chevy. tin can, the shove it, as we used to call it." And the funny thing is, because he used to, well, he still drives for UPS. It's been thirty-five years. Uh, he actually uh, told me that thing was light enough to where he could put chains on the tires and just kind of skate across the fucking the snow right. anytime it would like snow or ice very nice very nice uh but yeah mark i enjoyed those three it was uh it was some good stuff there it felt like the album 
that I've been listening to didn't really change a whole lot. Uh, uh, didn't really blow my expectations away. We'll just put it that way. Alrighty. Um, Jesse, we got four more tracks to go. I'm going to play them all uh, in a row yeah. here, and that'll make ten. But uh, when we come back, let's, uh, let's hear what the other critics thought. We're up to that part of the show. See what the angry metal guy and company thinks. What do you think? Sure. That uh, sounds great. I got them ready to go. All right. Oh, perfect. All right. So last four songs of the night, Darkest Hour, Death of the Celts, The Parchment, and Hell on Earth.
Jesse, before you hit me with those sweet, sweet reviews from the other folks like the Angry Metal Guy and so forth and so on, I want to remind everybody that you can get this album on AmazonMusic.com. Did you know that, Robert Cooper? I did not. You can. If you are like, I want to hear this album, but I want to stream it over and over and over and over again. You can do that by clicking the link in our podcast description for getamazonmusic.com slash W2M network. Yes, my loves. Getamazonmusic.com slash W2M network for a free 30-day trial of the Amazon Music Unlimited service. Uh, Click the link. Make sure you complete the sign-up process. And you'll get a free 30 days to stream all the Iron Maiden you want. Not just Senjutsu, Jesse, but Power Slave 
and Fear of the Dark and Killers, all your favorites. They're all there. Love it. You can and listen Dance to it. of Death with that really fucking awful CG album cover. <laughs> I, saw, I actually saw them on the Dance of Death tour. They played the, I think it was the Beacon Theater. Um, <coughs> in any case, yes, if you click our link, you can get a free 30 days of the service. You like it, you keep it, you pay the monthly fee. If not, you skip it, you cancel it. Uh, no fuss, no contracts, no must, no buts, no nothing. Jesse, but what about the angry metal guy in all of this? Oh, well, he did not. They did not review this, as far as I could tell. I did a little bit of a search and Google, and I'm very surprised, oh. to be honest. I am, I'm really yeah. surprised. I would have, like, uh, like th- this showed up in, like, you know, all of my various news feeds and whatnot. People were all over this album. Yeah, uh, there's nothing uh, that I can find with Angry Metal Guy and Sinjitsu in it. So we'll have to go to Metacritic just to kind of look at a decent they got about 14 uh, official reviews here listed uh, eight of those 14 reviews are at the 80 mark so out of 100 they all got uh, a lot of these gave an 80 all music gave it an 80 rolling stone gave it an 80 the independent gave it an 80 um, i'll read to you what rolling stone said here and I'm, I'm sure they just took a snippet from rolling stone's review but it says if listeners have the stamina and the patience Sinjitsu is one of the most rewarding and vital albums in Maiden's catalog. Wow. So just to kind of throw that back to you, Mark, and Coop, you're more than welcome to weigh in here. Um, Does it feel like when you're listening to this, like you have to be in the mood uh, and also really wanting to listen to an Iron Maiden album? Uh, specifically this album. Is it something, Mark, that you felt you had to be just, I've got to listen to some Maiden, so this album, I'm going to power through it? Or was it just like throw it on and enjoy it? Or how'd you feel? And I'll I'll answer your question, but also kind of wrap up my final thoughts about the album. Iron Maiden is one of those bands that I can just kind of throw on and have an experience with. And I'll listen to it and I'll enjoy it. And then when it's over, I'm going to move on to something else. Um, okay. This is there's not a lot of repeat value in this. This is not so like repeat value, right? I mean, I think for everyone it's different, but for me, repeat value is the kind of thing you listen to um, because, for like for example, like if you're working out, right? So like Five Finger Death Punch has a high level of repeatability for me because I would want to hear those songs while I'm you know riding my bike or running or lifting weights or whatever, you know, or if I'm even like I'm cleaning the house. There are certain mm-hmm. songs that, you know, like, if I'm having dinner with my family, we're having one of those nights where we're actually all eating at the dinner table and we want to hear music, there are definitely some go-to standards um, that I will put on. Uh, But then there are albums you listen to at once, you have that experience, you know, you start at the beginning of the journey, it takes you to the end, and you're like, what a lovely journey that was. On the Mm -hmm. shelf you go, I don't ever expect to pull you back out again. And that's kind of how this album feels for me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe there's. I mean, there's always a reason to go back and listen to something, but this doesn't have high repeatability. This is one of those you listen to it, you experience it, you put it back, and you know maybe you talk about it. But otherwise, you know, I I I don't want to make it sound like Iron Maiden made a forgettable album. I don't think they did. I think they made a very solid, very good album, um, and I think it deserves high praise. And I think it deserves, you know, I think it deserves the kind of podcast that we did that we did tonight regarding it. But I can't imagine. 
when you ask me at the end of the year, like, what are some of the favorite albums? What are some of the albums you remember? I don't think I'm going to remember this. I think I'll remember that I liked it. It'll be one of those where, and I know I've said this to you on, on our previous end of the year shows, I remember liking it. I couldn't tell you anything about it, though. Mm-hmm. So that's, yeah. that's kind of where I yeah. land with Iron Maiden. I would give this a, you know, for that reason alone, probably an A-. minus. You know, there's nothing wrong with it. It just, it's not, it's not rum ahoy. You know what I mean? You know, it's not oh, something yeah. where months later I'm like, hey, Jesse, harambe! You know, and we, <laughs> we have ourselves a giggle. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Harambe the pirate gorilla. Yes. <laughs> uh, Coop, stamina and patience. I mean, what, do you felt like you had to have stamina and patience to make it through this? I mean, I think when you see a lot of 10-minute songs slated back-to-back, it can be a little daunting, mm-hmm. especially in today's uh, everything in four minutes or less, including your Amazon packages. God, that kills me sometimes. Uh <laughs> You know, I do think you have to be in perhaps a certain mindset to go with this album just because there's not a whole lot of quick in, quick out change songs. But at the same time, some of these songs do have multiple layers to them uh, to where in some ways it's, uh, you know, to to where you can uh, listen to parts of it and it'll still be different from other parts of the song. And it won't be all that bad. Uh-huh. Uh I think I, I kind of agree with Mark, but I think for me, it's just because everything was so long, it was hard for me to absorb it all in one go. I think yeah. it's just going to take multiple. That's what I think for me. It's just going to have to take multiple goes at it. But yeah. I, I still did greatly. I greatly enjoyed this album. I'm happy I had the experience. I'll probably, you know, towards the end of the year, if I listen to it again, probably will bring back some good memories. Yeah, I I mean, I will agree with the fact that it may be something that I do not go and seek out later on in the year. One of the things that this album had for me that I really enjoy in a lot of my music is storytelling. Uh, There's if you listen to what is being told in in the bulk of these songs, uh, it's there's a great story. Uh, The Darkest Hour, we just we just played that It was the first track of the last four that we played. And that is a song all about uh, Winston Churchill and uh, how he kind of stood up against the Nazis. So it's, you know, there's a story in just about every single one of these, in every single one of these songs. And that I can appreciate. Um, Whether it's my type of sound, uh, I will there's nothing on here that I find offensive. That's for sure. I mean, this is some good classic metal in my opinion, uh, that does lean on. I think in my opinion, it leads towards the progressive side of things sometimes, but I've enjoyed what I heard. So, uh, you know, as, as as for the album as a whole, I I had a good time. Um, I'll I'll just finish this out here, Mark, and I'll turn it over to you to close this out, but to kind of give you the best rating versus the lowest rating, Uh, That's on Metacritic. So Sputnik Music gave it a 74, and it says all the songs here have excellent qualities to them but have their momentum jarred by some by-the-numbers moments. These walls are not new, though, and they don't stop Sinjitsu from... Sinjitsu? Fisto, Sinjitsu, Sinjitsu from being another solid album in the new Millennium Iron Maiden catalog. Uh, And, I mean, that's... That right there is... That's high praise in my opinion uh 
even though it's a 74. They're still saying it's a good album. The Guardian gave it a 100 eccentric, bombastic heavy metal at its finest. So there you go. Uh, Mark Radlich, I'm ready to go, man. Let's let's hear it. All right. Well, that is our review of Iron Maiden Senjutsu. Hope you enjoyed it. Next week, we've got Metallica, The Blacklist. We're not going to play all 54 songs because no one wants to be here for five hours. But uh, um, myself, Jesse Starcher, and Robert Cooper will take selections from The Blacklist, and uh, we'll play those for you and kind of give you our overview of what we hear. Some of of the stuff that we don't play may be good, may be bad. We won't know because we're only going to (laughs) play certain selections from it, and that's just the way it is. And then the following week, we have a special Monday episode of the Metal Hammer of Doom. It'll be Andrew WK, God is Partying, and then we'll end the month on September 29th with Poppy Flux. Oh, Jesse the Poppy. No, I cannot wait to worship at the church. <laughs> oh, yes, church is in session, and Mistress Poppy, she has something to tell you. Um, and we'll, we'll be skipping a week. Uh, Jesse will be busy, but I won't be. Hee-haw-ho. <laughs> Um, <laughs> <laughs> too much joy in that too much uh, you have my many thanks um, but we'll be back on uh, October 13th for Monster Magnet a better dystopia uh, to October I like to do cover albums and such this is kind of a weird October so we're not doing as many as I wouldn't have normally liked but we are getting at least one in uh, Monster Magnet a better dystopia their covers album October 13th, and then we'll be doing uh, The Silver Scream 2. That they, uh, <clears throat> uh, Einstein Kills did The Silver Scream a few years ago. It was like a tribute to horror movies. This being the Halloween season and it being a fairly new album by this point, uh, we'll review The Silver Scream 2, Welcome to Horrorwood. So that'll be fun. And then uh, as part of the Superblog team-up, Jesse, did you know that the Superblog team-up was going to hell? Ooh, in a handbasket? Yes. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Skipping merrily along through the woods with Red Riding Hood. Um, <laughs> the Superblog team-up's going straight to hell. So our contribution this year, no comic book, no no source material, but hey, we are going to do one podcast for the Superblog team-up. We'll be reviewing the new Halloween album, Halloween. Do you, do you get it, Robert Cooper? Hell, Halloween, Halloween, do you get it? Do you understand? You know, something in me was really seeing a resemblance. If you wouldn't have said anything, I think I'd have missed it. That's right. It's very subtle. So, Jesse, do you understand that the Superblock team-up is going to hell and we're reviewing Halloween? Get it? Wow. Oh, I think I can draw the lines. (laughs) Connect the dots. And then we'll pick up again. (laughs) And then we'll pick up again on November 3rd with uh, Ministry. Uh, moral hygiene. Oh, Uncle Al, you're back. What president will oh, you make wait. fun of now? Yeah. And oh, we're yeah. tired of it. We're, we're tired, tired of it. Rimming dang dang dong ding dong ding a ding a dang a dong. So, um, without further dang along, my ling long, Jesse, what do you got going on? Well, uh, I mean, look, you can check out the Unspoken Issues Comics podcast where. Myself, Chris Armstrong, some other people from the Unspoken Decades, such as Derry Waite or maybe even Dean Compton, uh, get together and talk about 90s comics. We just released one today, as a matter of fact. Uh, it is, uh, we usually have a poll, and this time the poll ended up being a tie, so we covered both issues that were on the poll, one of which was the last 
and final issue of Rocco's Modern Life uh, that came out from Marvel, and the other one was the fifth issue of Duckman, which was the final issue of that run as well from Topps Comics. And really, all it was was us just going, boy, this is goofy and funny and silly. Uh, and uh, then we talked about some of our own personal experiences as it relates to the comic book, uh, such as going camping and, and fun camping stories and also some comic convention stories. So we had a good time doing that. Uh, and watch out because there's some more stuff down coming down uh, the pike for all this. I think Dean Compton has some plans for doing a large focus on carnage to tie in with the upcoming venom 2 uh movie that i'm going to be wow i'm going to be doing a lot of stuff for that now that i think about it um and then uh yeah hey tripped up trivia just released i think this past saturday if you like to uh, i mean if you got some time to kill and you listen to your podcast why not have a little bit of fun and a little bit of interaction with your podcast you know what i'm saying sit down grab yourself a piece of paper play along with us See how well you do. It's 30 questions on toys. Mark Radlich was there. Evan Bevins was there. I got two warring podcasts to send a representative and have a blood feud on said podcast where it was Remington Hitchcock and Cliff Barnes. Uh, Remington Hitchcock from the Dueling Ogres podcast and, of course, Cliff Barnes from Kapow, the pop culture podcast. And it was a lot of fun. Just, just to, you know, we, we were quizzing each other about toys over the last, I think it was 70 years since 1950. Uh, so, yeah, sit down, have a good time. I, I always have a good time on those on those shows. So that's have, really all I got going on. Well, you got more than that because I Jesse, do. Jesse, way back in the day, had the foresight to download all of our old Blog Talk Radio shows. Only his because he's selfish, not mine. <laughs> um, he said, "Fuck Mark Rattledge and all of his content." So I had to go back and pay for uh, my Blog Talk Radio account to get all that stuff back. But 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 Jesse who's a forward-thinking man obsessed with time travel, he went That's into right. the archive before it got shut down and downloaded all of his old source materials. And he edited them and cut out all the hums and the haws and the hee-hawing, and uh, he reposted them here on this feed as part of the W2M network, and he calls it the syndicated source material. And he only did, like, ten of them. Most of them are what-ifs. But the last run... <laughs> <laughs> the last run of the syndicated source material that he got up to before he decided to abandon this project for no apparent reason was Savage Dragon number one, which uh, will be out September 12th. And then okay. uh, Why the Last Man will be out Monday, September 13th, coinciding with Why the Last Man uh, television show debuting on Hulu. And then wow. just the last time you heard when's the last time you heard Josh Calandris on a podcast? Yeah, that's how long ago it was. Wow, that's amazing. Um, but uh, our good buddy Cole Marinted, who's a big Transformers expert, he got together with Jesse, and they did Transformers right. Back to the Future issues one through four. After 97 years, those four issues finally came out, and they sat and talked about it. And that is your next issue of the Source Material uh, podcast proper that's coming out. Never mind this unspoken issues crap that I let Jesse do. His real podcast is Source Material. <laughs> he did uh, Shang-Chi. He did Malignant Man by James Wan, who has a movie coming out this Friday called Malignant, not the same thing. And then he's got this Transformers Back to the Future deal going on. And then right. um, next, uh, and then when right before Venom 2 comes out, well, him and Jason Teasley, the prodigal son, will be reviewing Venom Carnage Unleashed. So, you know, it's all Jesse all the time. But Jesse, I have a question for you before we go. Mm -hmm. Are we ever going to get any more syndicated source material? You did like five of them. 
and now we're done. Ooh, we need, it, no, but, I don't think so. I did a whole year's worth, sir. It took me uh, 50, no, 20-some issues, 20-some 20, 20 issues, 20-some episodes, mm-hmm. but uh, spaced out a, 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 every other week. Yeah. And Until um, I moved half maybe, of them on you. I don't know. I, 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 I found that. I found that I've been pretty busy uh, doing other podcasts and, Why? and editing Th- things. And things have been very quiet in your home as of late. What are you talking about? Oh, I don't know about all that, man. <laughs> Do not know about all that. I feel like you haven't had a lot going on in your life with uh, you know no. with your kids going back to school and a rampant and, pandemic. Yes, yes, uh, we are currently currently we've got one person that's confirmed. And that's my son who has COVID. And then we're trying to find out if my wife has it. And we still haven't got the test results back from that. But she has been, like, wiped out for a week. Well, if she's wiped she out, gets... why can't you get her to edit your source of syndicated source uh, yeah. material? Yeah, why don't, why don't I? <laughs> Just sit her in front of the computer. Why don't I? How hard yeah. could it be to edit a podcast, really? Listen Ed- to this podcast and, and tell, me, <laughs> tell me what I did wrong and fix it all, Melinda. Please. <laughs> Why don't you, you know what you should do? You should start a network and get people to be on that network and then force them to do your dirty work for you. Oh, I hear that works well for some people. If you shame and beg and cajole and bribe, it works really well. Uh, yeah, I can see that. I can see that happening. Don't you think, don't you think, Cooper? Happen. Do you think all those things work? Oh, yeah. Just absolute, just pure emotional blackmail. Yeah, I find, <laughs> I find that works very well. <laughs> All right. Now that I've teased Jesse long enough about his, and I'm I'm anxious to hear more of this. You know, I wanted there was a handful of things I was like, oh Jesse, we could have you know there was a we, we had a we could have done syndicated source material for like the long Halloween. You know, we could have done syndicated source material for all kinds of things, and it was like, fuck off. I, <laughs> I I'm essential. It was like twenty man. Damn it, Mark Radlich. See, this is guilt and shame, ladies and gentlemen. Right? <laughs> it's palatable. Palatable. Palatable is the word. Palpable. Get Grammarly on the Palpable. It's, it's palpable. That's the word you're looking for. If it's palatable, palatable. I'd, I'd taste it. I don't yes. want to taste it. I don't want to taste the guilt and shame. You, want, you don't want all of my guilt and shame inside of you, in your mouth, just dancing around in there? <laughs> just all the way tickling the back of your throat? Uh, Coop's got Remember stuff to kids, plug. Sure. The safe word is <laughs> <laughs> The safe word is <laughs> um, Hey, speaking of <laughs> uh, Cooper, you're not doing anything else, are you? I, I, I was going to skip you because I don't think you have anything to plug last time we talked. Coop, want to edit some podcasts? Oh, okay. <laughs> right. hey, yeah, no, and- I'm uh, you, you know, would you look at the time? <laughs> but, uh, everybody wants no, to I've yammer been... in a chat, but once you ask him to do stuff, suddenly everyone's busy. Okay, then. Yeah, yeah. I mean, darn. If I, I have too many women that have to stop talking to me on the internet to uh, <laughs> spend time with this. You need to get on TikTok. That's where all that's where all the easy women are. At least that's what they tell me on TikTok. Speaking of TikTok, is it? <laughs> you, know, you know what's crazy? At my what? dad's birthday party, this. 57 year old man is like 18 plus TikTok challenges. I'm like, what the fuck is that? He's like, oh, you don't know? I'm like, no. He goes, well, you know, it's just a lot more lewd. And, uh, you know, there's boobs. I'm like, why do you know about this? And I don't. Oh, wow. Yeah. Cooper, wow. Let, let's talk after the podcast. I'll, t- I'll teach you all the adult plus 18 plus TikTok stuff that I've discovered in a okay. month. Uh, I await with a bated breath. All righty. Speaking of bated breath, we are done 
here Pal- on the Metal Hammer of <laughs> Palatable. We are, we are palatable and palpable. <laughs> All right, folks, for Jesse Starter, I'm Mark Radlitz. That's Robert Cooper. We'll see you next week on the Metal Hammer of Doom. Be well, be safe, and behave. <laughs>